Inspired by the C.S. Lewis book, Mere Christianity, this podcast is about why I believe what I believe. Welcome to Bear Christianity. Okay, yes, I have taken a slight detour. Uh, if you know me, you know this is possible. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you also know that I can get off on a tangent and go crazy with it. But I promise that next week we will be back in walking through the days of creation. So the reason for this detour is there's a movie coming out in November 12th. And I've heard that it releases in New York first, and then I don't know if it when it's going to be available to uh, stream and watch or whatever. But it's called 1946, and it's about a they're they're going to claim in that movie that there was the the word homosexual should never have been put in the Revised Standard Version. Now, the RSV, the Revised Standard Version, the New Testament translation was released in 1946. So that's why they you get the name of the movie there. Um, anyway. Uh, I wanted to to talk about this movie before it's released because I was already starting to see some different things pop up about this movie in my social media feed and and other podcasts that I listen to. So in the you know the Christian podcasting world, um, it's starting to gain some traction as the the movie's about to be released, and so I've listened to lots of discussion on both sides of this debate or whatever you want to call it, this argument, uh, over the the proper translation of two Greek words in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It's malakoi and arsenikoitai. Now, those are the plural forms. The the dictionary form, the singular form, would be malakos and arsenikoites. And so that's usually the, the word that I use as I'm talking about those. Now, arsenikoites is also found in 1 Timothy 1.10. Paul's the author of both, both 1 Corinthians and 1 Timothy, and so Paul is um, essentially makes up a word, arsenikoites. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. But before we really get going, there we will de- there, this will definitely be adult content type stuff today. So I said this last time as well. So if you have any kids around, you may want to find a different podcast to listen to um, right now. All right. Now, first off, I, I want to address this, and I mentioned it last week as well, but there's this accusation um, against non-affirming Christians. And let me just define that real quick. Um, in general, there, you know, in the, when, when we're talking about homosexuality and really the LGBTQ community, there's affirming and non-affirming churches. And you could kind of label the same thing with each individual person and, and what they uh, what they believe. Are they affirming or non-affirming? So an affirming church, basically homosexuality is not a sin, um, that, that God made them that way. Uh, a homosexual could be a pastor in that church or serve in that church in any role. They, they're, they have gay marriages in that church. So that would be an affirming church. Now, a non-affirming church would hold that the, the Bible teaches that homosexuality is a sin, and there are no gay marriages that take place in that church. A, um, you wouldn't be able to, like a homosexual wouldn't be able to be a pastor or have any role in that in serving in that church as well. Now, the, I, that's what I am. I am non-affirming. And so non-affirming, uh, you know, people are labeled as being bigoted, filled with hatred, homophobes, unloving, th- those types of things. And so I just want to address that real quick. Uh, first off, true love 
you have to, true love loves with truth. And so it's not true love just to celebrate and praise and affirm every person's personal opinions and feelings. So I truly love my kids, but I don't, you know, every decision they make is, I don't just praise them and celebrate everything. No, there's there's times when I say, no, that is wrong. Now, I am not the parent of any homosexual out there, okay? So I'm just using this as a as an illustration. There, I want to my kids to know truth. And so sometimes I have to say things that maybe my kids don't want to hear, but I am doing it out of love for them. And in the same way, I believe the Bible is very clear about homosexuality being a sin. And so this is out of love because in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, for instance, if it is translated homosexual, then they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Someone that's you know, boldly practicing uh, those sins in that list will not inherit the kingdom of God. And, and I love people, and I want everyone to inherit the kingdom of God. So this, this is out of love, even though it's a in disagreement with what the affirming you know, community would say. Now, also, another verse that's kind of thrown out at the non-affirming people is, you know, shouldn't you love your neighbor? Why aren't you doing that? The Bible says to love your neighbor, so why aren't you affirming homosexuals? And to that, I would say that is the second commandment. The first and greatest commandment, according to Jesus, is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. So first, my first priority is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That means that I love him and obey what he says in his word. God has, I believe that the the scripture, by the Bible is God-breathed. That's from Paul as well. It is theopneustos. It is God-breathed. All scripture is breathed out by God. And so it is the very word of God. And so if I love God, I will obey his word. And, and I believe that the Bible clearly teaches homosexuality is a sin. So it, I am being obedient to God in in this podcast, in this message of saying, this this is what I believe God's word is clearly teaching. And so it it's, it's out of love that I do this, okay? Um, now, also, love your neighbor as yourself. It, if the best way I can love myself is to follow the first commandment, to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we obey God, that is best for human flourishing. When people disobey God and throughout history and in the Bible, those those nations collapse. Those families are crushed. The, you know, so so when you disobey God, it always brings destruction eventually. When you are obedient to the word of God, that brings human flourishing. So it is loving to my neighbor um, to to be obedient to God's word. Now again, this is just my opinion. I am I I'm not claiming to be some you know extra authority here. And so you can take what I'm saying here, examine it. Is it consistent with Scripture? You know, if it's not, the ultimate standard is not anything I say, of course. The ultimate standard is the Bible. And so if someone can show me from the Bible that I am wrong, my prayer every day is that that I would align myself and my beliefs with what the Bible clearly teaches. And so um, so that that's where I'm at. 
And so I would ask you, as you're examining, okay, where do I fall on this area, and why do I believe what I believe? What is your ultimate standard of truth? Is it someone's? Is it someone's personal experience or your own personal feelings or experience or uh, opinion? Um, is it? cultural norms, whatever society says is the the right thing, is that your ultimate standard of truth, or is it God's Word? Now, you can always email me questions at bearchristianity at, uh, well, bearchristianity at gmail.com. I've said that a million times in these episodes, and I still messed it up. I'm also on Instagram at the real bear martin and on twitter at bear for christos and today's bear in the woods little segment sometimes i do commercials there are fake commercials by the way but this is a real thing okay this is real i am not joking this is this is real my good friend and fellow eye doctor dr andrew may has a podcast as well he was actually the inspiration for me starting this podcast and he does he loves music of all kinds and so he does music countdowns but he he gives you as he's counting down different lists like top 100 songs of the 50s he'll give you the the backstory sometimes behind a song or some some fun facts or whatever and and talk about lyrics in the song just different things and so he invited me on to count down the top 20 country albums of all time so country music is one of the genres that I like. And so we walk through these albums. We pick out some of our favorite songs and discuss those and play some clips for you. And so hopefully you will enjoy that and it'll be entertaining for you. You can find a link to his podcast in the episode notes or also you can you can just search for it on whatever podcast app you listen to. And it's Andrew's Daily Five. So anyway, check it out. If you missed last week, you certainly need to listen to that episode first. But in that episode, I kind of lay out my basic belief of, of um, the reason that Malakos and Arsenikoites is translated as men who practice homosexuality or homosexuals in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Uh, what's happening there with Malakos, Malakos literally means soft, but it was a, a common way of, of saying that a man was acting more like a woman in, in some way. Um, so it didn't, it didn't have to have a sexual connotation to it um, in the way that that word was used in Greek literature, um, but a man acting more like a woman was, is, a, um, is an easy way to think about Malakos and, and how it was used. Now, right next to that in the, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 is arsenikoites. So Paul says in Greek, you know, and I'm just going to use those words, he says, nor malakos, nor arsenikoites, and he's listing other sins as well, like adultery. And so he, he's listing other sins, and then he says, no, nobody practicing these sins will inherit the kingdom of God. All right, so that's, that's what's happening there. So malakos is this... Um, soft or effeminate is how it's translated in in some English Bibles, effeminate uh, person. And then arsenikoites, Paul makes up this word. And just like he he made up theopneustos, it's theos and pneustos. And so that means God and breath or wind. So all scripture is theopneustos, God breathed. So in the same way, arsenikoites comes from arsenos, meaning male, and koite means literally bed or couch, but it, you know, like today somebody may say, I bed a woman, that would mean that I slept with somebody. So it, it has a, a sexual uh, meaning behind it. And so an arsenos koite, that is a male better 
or a male penetrator. And those two Greek words are found in the Greek version of the Old Testament in Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20. And so Paul is, you know, because he's making up this word, you have to think, okay, where might Paul have gotten these words from to put together? And they're right beside each other in Leviticus 20, and it's talking about a male who lies with another male as if as with the, as with a woman. So a, a man lying with a male as with a woman, a male who is penetrating another man, okay? So that's what's going on in Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20. So Paul you know, puts these two words together. And so when we look back at that, that's how the translation came out, that the Malakos was the passive partner of homosexual activity, and the Arsenikoites was the active partner in homosexual activity. Therefore, some English translations just combine. They put those two words together, and in English they just say homosexuals, because it, it it's taking both parts there. All right, so that's what the movie is going to be about, that those words should not have been translated homosexual. So today I'm going to talk about a few objections, um, and, and just, I mean, these are just general things that I've seen have uh, have come up, and I'm interested to see how the movie says we should translate it, and, and if that is going to be consistent with the rest of the Bible. So uh, you'll you'll get more of what I'm talking about here in just a second. The first objection would be that you can't just take arsenos and koite, and but you know arsenokoites. You can't just break that apart. It's too it's a compound word. You can't just break a compound word apart. Look at each individual word, and there you go. You have the meaning, and and, and it's that easy. Um, an example that's been used by several people that I've heard in this affirming side of the argument would be chairman. So the chairman of the board, that that sort of thing. A chairman could actually be a woman. So you can't just break apart chair and man, and and there you go. You have the the meaning of chairman. No, chairman can be used in lots of different contexts and can refer to men or women um, in in lots of different ways. And so it's a it's a broad term, and you so you can't just break it apart chair and man and there you have the meaning. So they'll say with arsenokoites, you can't just say, okay, arsenos means male, koite means you know better, it has a sexual meaning to it, so this is a, a male better or male penetrator. That, that's too simple of a definition. So instead of just taking the simple two words and, and you know taking them apart, seeing what they mean, and there you go, you have the definition, they're saying, no, that's you can't do that. What you have to do is you have to look at how arsenikoites was used in ancient Greek literature, and you, you look at the different contexts that it was used, and that gives you your meaning. And so they'll they'll you know go through all these these different references of how arsenikoites was used, and it was used to mean things other than homosexual activity. So this could be rape. Uh, this could be pederasty, which is an older male with a, a younger like boy. Sometimes um, it could arsenikoites could be used in ancient Greek literature to mean like a, a pedophile type of relationship, prostitution, um, and and even there's an even a reference where. Arsenikoites refers to a man doing something to his wife, so it it didn't necessarily mean homosexual, and so that's you know that's what you're going to hear most likely from 1946 and and the people that are involved with that. Now, here's my argument though. Yes, I, I agree that we need to look at how that word is used in literature and look at the context to see how we you know what a word means when we're trying to translate. But 
you can't look at a reference in the 5th century and read it back into Paul writing in the 1st century. Also, when can we, when we, when are we allowed to just take a, a compound word and break them up into their parts to get the meaning? Well, when are we allowed to do that? When would it be an accurate way of translating that? It would be when that word is first used. See, Paul is, is credited with making up this word because we don't really have any solid evidence that anybody used this word before Paul. And Paul made up lots of words. And so in, in the New Testament. And so when we look at these two words, arsenos and koite, then if Paul's the first person to use it, then he then it's a very basic, it has a very basic meaning at the first point it's used. Now, as it's used in other contexts, that meaning of that word will broaden. So uh, another example would be jackpot. Jackpot used to talk about a specific game of poker where you had to put everybody had to put in money cards were dealt and if if no one had a pair of jacks or higher then everyone at the table had to put in more money get get new cards and if no one had a pair of jacks or higher you you still had to put in more money so jackpot came from this game of poker where if if everybody was just getting bad cards and then more and more money's put in the pot when someone finally won that hand they won a big hand the jackpot. Now that word means lots of different things. It doesn't even have to do with gambling. We use that word all the time. Uh, and when I think of jackpot, I think of an old lady pulling a slot machine and sirens and buzzers and lights going off and coins pouring out of the machine. I don't even think of poker. Uh, but that, but jackpot, when it was first used, described just that the the pot that you win from this hand where you have to have a pair of jacks or higher. And so as the uh, over time the meaning of a word will broaden to different contexts but at the the origin of it it's it's a simpler definition and I believe that Paul is referencing Leviticus here because he uses those two exact words from the Greek Septuagint arsenos and koite found in Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20 Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees he knew the law better than most Jews knew the law. And so he, you know, he's very familiar. This makes perfect sense with who Paul was, the literature that he would have been most familiar with, and he's making up this word seemingly in history. And so it makes more sense to go with what Paul means referencing back to Leviticus, which is a man who lies with another man as with a woman. So there's, you know, that would be my, uh, my response to that. Now, the second thing that I want you to see here is that when you listen to different lectures, and I will put several um, links in the episode notes that you can go through and listen. Um, the Reformation Project is actually an an, a, a, an affirming pro-homosexual organization that's getting this message out, and they're tied, they're linked in closely with this the 1946 producers and that sort of thing. So you can. You can hear from a lot of the people that you're going to hear about in the movie from watching some of their lectures and stuff. Uh, Matthew Vines is a, another one that kind of heads up that Reformation project, it seems. And so um, so you can check out him as well. And I'll, again, I'll leave some links. And uh, there's several lectures available on YouTube that, that you can watch. So, and I would encourage you to do so. I mean, it's, you know, always listen to what the other side has to say. We should never just avoid that discussion. We want to hear what other people are saying and and uh let you know let yourself be challenged to go back to God's word and see 
you know, because ultimately our goal should be to know the truth of God's word, not to just harden ourselves in our own, you know, way of thinking without even considering the the other side. All right. So here's what's going to happen, though. Our synecoites is it, it can't just mean a male who lies with a male as with a woman in the affirming mind, because they want to exclude committed monogamous homosexual relationships from any kind of sin. And so our synecoites, because they want it to mean something, it's it's got to mean something more than just uh, homosexual activity. And so it, they'll say in throughout history, there was always an age difference when our synecoites was used, meaning a, an older man takes takes the penetrative role uh, and the younger uh, boy or male takes the, the uh, passive role. So there's an age difference or there's a power difference, like a master-slave sort of situation. It's never just two equal people who um, just want to be in a committed, loving relationship. Um, so that's that's you know, one of the things that is going to be promoted about arsenicoites. Now, listen to this quote. This is from StopBibleAbuse.org. So this would be a an affirming website. And there, there, there's lots of articles on there about how Christians like myself, the non-affirming Christians, have supposedly been abusing homosexuals with by by quoting the Bible. So it's stopbibleabuse.org. When talking about Malakos, they say this quote: "When paired with arsenicoitai, Malakos seems to refer to a person that is a victim of sex with men." a slave, a prostitute, a catamite, a victim of rape, someone perhaps drawn into temple sexual rituals and not necessarily male. With this word, Paul is referring to the victim of sexual, and then they have in parentheses, and financial question mark, coercion, whether pederasty, pedophilia, rape, or forced prostitution. And if Malakos indicated an underage male prostitute, the following, arsenicoites, would mean the one who forced himself on the youth. This would apply to heterosexual, gay-for-pay prostitutes, as well as it would in any case where a male was subjected to forced sexual activity. End quote. Uh, so that's a long quote there, but here is what is happening. You've got these two words in 1 Corinthians 6-9, Malakos and Arsenicoites, and again, the RSV Translation Committee combined those to say homosexuals, all right? So when, when, when the affirming side is wanting to put their translation on Arsenicoites, it can't mean a loving, uh, committed, monogamous relationship. It's got to mean something more specific, uh, some sort of abuse, and so uh, it's it's it could be rape, it could be prostitution, um, it could be a master slave setup, but it's it's something abusive. Or it's all about power, uh, those types of things. Now, when 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 we consider what they say about Malakos, let let me read some of the phrases that they use in describing what the Malakos is. Remember, Malakos literally means soft. And, and culturally, it was used to refer to a man who's doing things more like a woman. And so that's where you get translations like effeminate. Um, and, and I'm saying that's that's likely referring to the passive homosexual partner. So Malakos, according to this stop Bible abuse, this quote I just read, it says that they were the victim of sex, a slave, victim of rape, victim of sexual and financial coercion, pederasty, 
pedophilia, rape, forced prostitution, all of these are words described talking about the malakos. The malakos is a victim of some kind of, of sexual activity. Now, it says this quote, and I'm reading this again, and if malakos indicated an underage male prostitute, the following, or senecoites, would mean the one who forced himself on the youth. Now, why do I go into all of this? Because their interpretation of malakos, they, they, they want our senecoites to be um, abusive in some way. It can't just be a male who's sleeping with another male. It's got to be some sort of abuse or, or um, a, a sexual deviation, a, a vice, but not just a male sleeping with a male as with a woman. And so the the arsenicoites, according to this quote, would be a, could be a rapist or a pedophile or a pederast. It, it's someone who forces themselves sexually onto others. And so the the problem is that when you try to do too much with arsenicoites and make the arsenicoites abusive, they have made the malakos a victim. But remember, let's take that definition. Uh, they said of malakos was a victim of sex, slave, victim of rape, a victim of pederasty or pedophilia, a, a victim of forced prostitution. So let's take their definition, their their you know interpretation of what a malakos is, and plug it back in to 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It does not make sense anymore, because remember, Paul says that the malakos and the arsenicoites will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if the arsenicoites is a rapist or a pedophile or whatever, you know, nobody nobody would disagree with that translation. But if the malakos is a victim of rape, a victim of forced prostitution, they won't inherit the kingdom of God either. That, see, that doesn't make sense with what Paul is saying in the verse. And so that is something that I would tell you to look out for if you're having a conversation. If, if this movie comes up or this topic comes up, anytime someone says a, a part of the Bible has been mistranslated, Ask them for the better translation. What? How? Okay, if it's been mistranslated, then give me a better translation. And then plug that in and see if it makes sense. And in this case, if if we're going to say that a malakos is some sort of victim, it, it just doesn't make sense that the victim of rape would not inherit the kingdom of God. And so that that's, that's would be my, my pushback from there. I don't know what 1946, the movie, is going to say a malakos is, but I've I've heard this idea of the Malakos being a, a victim and the Arsenicoites being more of the abuser. But again, when, when you plug it into the verse, it does not make sense. So there's just a few thoughts. And, and again, I'm I'm interested in seeing this movie. I would encourage you to watch it as well. Uh, again, never be scared or whatever of watching movies that are critical of your own beliefs. It's good to be challenged. Um, anything that that gets us back into God's Word. We always want to be going back to the Word of God and determining what what is God teaching me from His Word. And so, you know, anything that pushes us back in and causes us to take a step back and investigate why we believe what we believe is a good thing. We, we you know, I hope that you're with me that I want to believe what is truth. Now, every non-affirming pastor that I've heard talk about this 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, Malakos, Arsenicoites controversy, every one of them 
has made a point to get to the next verse, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. Paul says this, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So yes, I believe homosexuality is a sin, but we are all sinners. Romans 3, 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so I'm not putting homosexuality on some sort of different level from any other sin. I'm not trying to be a bully towards homosexuals. I'm not trying to be unloving. I am simply saying I believe the Bible clearly teaches it's a sin, and those that are living in sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we must repent of our sin. When Paul says, and such were some of you, that implies that there was a change. And that change comes by believing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are sinners, that we need a Savior. And so 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, that means we, we say, God, I, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. What you say is a sin, I agree with that. I acknowledge that it is a sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, not just to forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so if I'm right, just if I'm right about homosexuality being a sin, if you're saying it's not a sin, I was made this way, God made me this way, and it's beautiful in his sight. If you are wrong about that, that 1 John 1, 9 and 10 says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so I would just encourage you to think strongly about what you believe in this area. Certainly pray that the Holy Spirit would show you the truth from God's word and try to get rid of all personal feelings and opinions and strictly stick to God's word. That's what I try to do. I realize that affirming people will say that I am biased, there's no way I'm being fair on this, and I, you know, I'm nowhere near being truthful. Um, but that it is my heart to be truthful to God's word. Now, the great divide in affirming, non-affirming argument, okay, is not really over Arsenicoites and Malakos. It's much, much deeper than that. So the great divide is really over, is homosexuality a sin, or did God make people to be homosexual, and, and homosexuality is beautiful in God's eyes? See, if if that's the case, then there's nothing to repent of, there's nothing to be forgiven of, there's nothing to be changed. And so that's really the deeper argument. And I can't cover that right now, but don't worry, I will as we get there in the days of creation, when God makes man in his own image, in the image of God, he created them male and female. Uh, we'll talk about it more when we talk about Genesis 2, uh, You know, Adam, God created Eve for Adam. We'll, so it'll come up, don't worry. Um, but I, you know, even if 1 Corinthians 6, 9 Malachos, Arsenicoites, and, and 1 Timothy 1.10, where Arsenicoites is used, even if that was not in the Bible, I would still believe that homosexuality is a sin because it goes back to creation. And so we will continue on with our series on, on the days of creation, starting with day 3b. So let me read those verses of what we'll discuss next time. Genesis 1, 
11 through 13, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. (music) 